The fact of the matter is, whether you've been in network marketing for years or just a few days, your family and friends have seen your opportunity and your phone is, as we call it, burnt. If you're anything like me, that's a scary thought. So the big question is, how do entrepreneurs like us, who love the network marketing profession, who no longer want to be that guy and are tired of convincing people during uncomfortable let's get coffee meetings where they say, what's this all about? How do we market in a way that aligns us with our dream clients and expands our network of upfront and transparent professionals, allowing us to get our time back, our families back, and gain a real passive asset? People like us who value impact over income, we deserve to see our visions once and for all. Join me in this podcast where we'll uncover just how to do that. My name is Eric Sablon. Welcome to Burnt Phone Marketing. Welcome to the podcast. This is Eric Sablon with Burnt Phone Marketing. I'm so excited to share the interview with you today with Jennifer Christensen. Jennifer is the owner of Beacon Media in Anchorage, Alaska, one of the premier social media and media agencies in Alaska, and they are making a push to go national. So I'd just like to welcome her to the show. Welcome, Jennifer. I kind of just want to start off like I normally do with most of my interviews is, you know, tell us a little bit about the backstory of Beacon and what it is and how you got to where you are right now. Sure. Okay. Thank you. So my background is um, like you, so very much in the sales side of things. And I had an opportunity. I was I was kind of maxed out in a corporate sales career um, in my late 30s. And I had an opportunity to join a startup Um, online news site and they really needed help not just with the sales side but but with the marketing side so really trial by fire is is how I learned I remember searching back at this time so this is like 2008 I think it was and I was searching online for social media courses and online marketing and all of that and realizing like I just needed to get a really quick education and at that point, there was only one college in the U.S. that was even giving certifications. It was the University of San Francisco. So I, I dove in and started learning that way. And what I realized by the time I finished that was that really the best education was happening so rapidly online and following other people, influencers who were already starting to make their mark, that that was how I was going to need to learn from now on. So it's just such a rapidly changing industry. So from there, um, I left that position after three years and had really built up um, the sales funnel there and, and the marketing for that company. And I decided to go on my own. So it was exciting. And I and had scary. A, yeah, a little scary. I pulled a couple clients um, from that, or people that asked me to continue to help them with their marketing online. And you know, honestly, there wasn't a lot of that going on in Anchorage at that point. It was still pretty new, which seems crazy, but you know, we're a little bit behind up here. So um, anyway, so I was doing my own thing, and I'm pretty happy. It was going pretty well. I had a good income, and I was working really as like a solo entrepreneur. And I, but I was struggling with referrals to people who did websites and graphic designers, and I realized, okay, I need a whole slew of resources of other people that can help me grow um, a client's business. I can do the marketing side of things, but I really need to good support. Yeah, and I was struggling. Um, I would, you know, outsource something to a graphic designer and wouldn't get stuff back for two or three weeks. And the pace of digital marketing, even back then, was fast. You know, you need to be able to post every day. You need to have stuff happening quickly. And that was not the pace that was that I saw with people I was working with. 
And then I had the fortuitous, or as Adrian and I say, um, God moment, where I met um, Adrian Wilkerson, and I had referred to her as a graphic designer, and then again as a helping with the website. And then in one month, we ended up helping two different clients, just out of the blue, um, working on two different projects at the same time for different clients, and the clients had found both of us and put us together. And we realized there was something to this, that we worked really well together. We kind of had the two sides of the coin. So she had the more design background and I had the more marketing background. And I say that, like I told you, it was a sales background, but mm -hmm. I had learned the marketing on the go. And, and we just, both of us had the same vision, which is to create an agency that was really nimble and fast and able to help small businesses that really were being only helped in the quote-unquote marketing world by like radio salespeople and mm -hmm. TV salespeople. So it was this whole market that was just untouched. And they were already coming to us individually, you know, for separate projects. So we knew there was a huge market there. Um, there was one book that we both had read, and it was the only book at the time that talked about inbound marketing. And it was an agency in Ohio that had basically was doing what we wanted to do which is to create this nimble agency that could help small businesses, that would help them navigate this really crazy world that we were about to go into, right? Facebook, Instagram, all of the Google, all of these things. And so that was, that was literally the only roadmap we had. But Beacon was definitely the perfect name because that was what we saw our mission as, was to helping people navigate how do you transition from a business that's been around for 20 years that's been using traditional marketing you know the same rules for print don't apply online so how do you navigate that how do you change with an entire I mean it's not just the marketing that's changing but it's actually the consumers that have changed along with it they've demanded that the way that they receive information has changed oh yes and marketing barely keeps up with it so the consumer demand that's actually the bigger issue is that we saw this over and over and over again is that small businesses, that things that had worked for years and years and years, and they were very successful, and then all of a sudden it was like the faucet stopped. And they're like, what is going on? I've always put out this ad every year and gotten this response. I've always done this and gotten this response. Well, people weren't reading newspapers anymore, or like mm -hmm. now there's 13 different ways that they can find your information, and you're only on one of them. And new competitors were coming to the market that were being more forward-thinking. So they were already hitting it with digital. So huge need in the market. I, you know, I still believe that was really good thinking on our part. We made lots of mistakes on the business side um, that we had to figure out along the way. But I, I think what we identified is, okay, here's the massive problem. How can we help solve it? We didn't see anybody else solving it. Wow, that's, that's big because what, what we see a lot of is we see a lot of people just kind of going out there. And um, I like what she said. She modeled somebody that she found. The, the company in um, Ohio, in Ohio you just model what they're doing. And a lot of times what you do is you model what they're doing, but you, you put your own spin on it. Absolutely, yeah. And if you've ever worked with Jen or Adrian, you notice that they really care about what's going on in your business and how you, how, what you want to do. So one thing that I'd, I'd ask is, like, if you were to describe your perfect client, because mm -hmm. I like to talk about having the dream customer, mm -hmm. having the dream client, what would the dream client look like back then in yeah. 2008? Mm -hmm. And what would the dream client look 10 years later, Beacon now, yeah. 2010? What, what, would, what would it look like? Yeah, so totally, I mean, some things are similar. 
So I think back then, because I wouldn't say that we were really the experts in the industry, we weren't. I mean, when you're starting out in business, you're very rarely a complete expert in what you're doing. You're mm -hmm. learning as you go, right? So our ideal clients in the beginning were clients that were probably, you know, smaller on scale than, than who we're dealing with now. So smaller businesses were willing to take a small risk to basically learn with us, you know, and we were like one to two steps ahead of them. Right. So learn with us um, how to transition themselves from being only traditional um, print, you know, TV, radio, marketing to, to online. We taught a lot of classes in the beginning. We did a lot of education pieces because literally we were learning right at the same pace. Or like we always try to stay one to two steps ahead of all of our clients. And that's, that's where we positioned ourselves. So back then the ideal client was somebody who was forward thinking, who was, you know, looking at the market. They were reading the signs and going, okay, things are changing. Brick and mortar isn't going to be where it's at forever. You know, customers are starting to demand that they can have better access to me and easier access. They they want to reach me on their schedule, not my schedule. So it was more of a mindset was the perfect customer of somebody who had that mindset. And they they were willing to be what I call early adapters, right? So back then, early adapters were our ideal client. So sometimes it was startups. Sometimes it was, you know, your small mom-and-pop retail business, HVAC companies. Back then, it actually feels like it mattered less, like who the company was and the mindset of the owner. If they if they fit that mold, that's what you were looking for with forward thinking and being be wanting to grow the business and want to put the work in and wanting to, I mean, let's be honest, wanting to try something that wasn't the norm. Yeah, they wanted to beat their competitors to market, and some of them, I mean, some of them are massive successes today. I believe. And they would say, I mean, RPM is a great example. They did exactly that. They beat all of their um, other property managers to market by like three years. So, you know, we already had a massive social media following by the time the competitors kind of even realized, wait, what's going on? What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we had a good social media following. They had a really good website that was interactive that allowed people to communicate online, kind of like pre-chat box type mm -hmm. stuff. They had tons of Google ratings, and this is, you know, I mean, it was like one day their competitors woke up and said, wait a minute, like, why are they number one on Google everywhere, everywhere. and it's a new company? So I can look back and see, like, people that were really willing to not just be an early adapter, but actually walk it out mm -hmm. and say, okay, I'm, I'm not going to give up, even though the payoff isn't immediate. Um, they've all, I mean, they've all become really successful businesses, which is awesome. So our ideal client today is different. Our ideal client today, just because we're a much more established company, and we're a lot, we're you know just we have much more depth to us. Mm -hmm. So we basically have positioned ourselves now to be um, where we have multiple experts within the company. So we have experts on Facebook ads, experts on web, experts on podcast and and video experts on Google AdWords, you know, all certified. So the way we positioned it is that you can come to us for just one service or you can come to us for all of it. But now that we're at the expert level, it, it more is that client that's kind of a mid-level company. And what I mean by mid-level is, is somewhere between probably, you know, 750000 to $10 million. So they're a little bit more established. Um, it's no longer being an early ad adapter to, to do right. social media and be online and have a good presence. Now you're just kind of behind if you haven't started that. So I'd say we're in that middle range. Um, but we still have, have definitely purposed to, you know, if I said, like I said, 10 million at the top and 
doesn't mean we don't have clients that are bigger than that mm-hmm. because we do. We have a couple. And, um, and we have a couple that are under that as well. But again, it's more do they fit the other parts of the mindset criteria. So like let's say it's, we have a startup we're working with right now. And the reason that's working is because she is aggressively expanding and you know who I'm talking about. And, mm-hmm. you know, she's going to be a million dollar business in a very short period of time. So, so that, you know, that makes sense for her to pay us to do the work that's going to get her there. Right. You know, because she's willing to invest in that. And then the companies that we have that are larger generally will utilize us through a marketing director at the company. So they already have a marketing director there and they're using us for our expertise. So the, no, no way the marketing director can be an expert in Facebook ads or expert in Google ads. So they need a company they can trust to say, okay, we need you to execute these pieces. But that middle group, they just, it's amazing. They just trust us. And I'm so incredibly grateful for that. I feel like that is something I have longed for <laughs> for years to be a digital marketing company that clients day in and day out trust us, that they know we have their back. They know we're looking out for them. We're watching their presence online. We're making sure that their ads are top-notch, um, that they're getting a great return on their investment, You know that the leads way more than outweigh what they're spending with us. Um, our attrition rate's gone to almost zero, which That's is awesome. unbelievable. Yeah, it definitely was not that way three years ago. So that tells me we are not only servicing them well, but they, they, feel, they feel it. They feel that we're doing all those things well. So... It's not just about how much money they make as a company, but I think, you know, when companies kind of hit above that million mark, they usually have a level of stability, usually have a level of stability, not always, that means, okay, now I can not do everything myself and I can start outsourcing, you know, to experts in different areas. And one thing that I found is that outsourcing is definitely the key to, and we talked about it in a couple of podcasts a while back. I like to tell people, you want to be able to outsource what you're not good at. Outsource when it hurts. So if you think about it, as, as, as what Jen said, is she has a, a social marketing, a, a social media, Facebook ads. She has those people. And you need to find those people. As a listener, you need to find those people because, yes, you can spend a bunch of money on Facebook, and yes, you can spend a, you know, you could try your best to use Canva or whatever the thing is, the, fr- the free right. things to create your, to create your logo. And let's be honest, your logo doesn't make money. So you should really focus on those things that are making you money, driving the business. Um, really, one of the big things that I tell people is you got to outsource the items that, that aren't really making money, but that a professional could do it quicker, faster, and more effective. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Beacon can do that for you. Hands down, they can do that for you. Yeah, we've had clients that are even like coming out of like a, you know, solo entrepreneur thing and they recognize, okay, I want to grow my business faster. And if I invest in hiring you guys to do Facebook ads or Google AdWords, yeah, it's going to cost me thousand to $2,000 a month. And that's a lot for someone who's just starting out. I get that. Um, and then I'm going to focus hardcore on my sales, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And then I'm going to hire a bookkeeper over here and this person over here. Those people make it. I mean, they're making those decisions. It, it feels really risky. But when you look at the alternative, um, so you just grow slow and it's painful and you don't do it well. And, I mean, I've learned those lessons when we didn't hire the right people or we thought we could get by cheap. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say this. We are definitely 
you know, I don't want to scare anybody away and think that they have to hire an agency to do that. You can absolutely find a good freelancer. It's just going to take you more time. You're going to have to interview a lot of people, do your due diligence, but there are freelancers out there that are going to be less expensive than us. And because you're working one-on-one, -on -one, you're not working with a, a larger business, um, you know, and you can get good results. So it doesn't always have to be all or nothing. Right. But my advice to you would be, and this is strictly from where I've made tons of mistakes myself, is that don't go cheap just for the sake of going cheap. You know, if you can find a better value that fits where you're at now, go for it. But do your due diligence, interview. Even if you hire somebody overseas, that's okay. But just make sure that like they have the reviews, the backup, and then test them. Yeah. I, I, I did a lot with... Um with a company called Fiverr. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. and it's not $5 anymore, so no, just it's know it's not $5 yeah, anymore. Yeah, it's not going to happen that way. So the, the thing that I want to talk to you a little bit about is you understand marketing. You came from a sales career. Mm -hmm. You understand marketing. You've taken digital marketing to the next level. You've become an expert. What would you say the biggest difference between sales? Because a lot of good salespeople go out and in, in our industry and in many industries, they out, go out there and they burn themselves out and they, they can sell. They can sell really, really mm -hmm. well. Sure. They can't market. Right. And they can't build a culture and they can't do those kind of things. So what would you say for a great salesperson that could go out and close deals and close deals and close deals, what would you say is the difference between sales and marketing and then the next question is going to be, what is the what is your How one what what is your one yeah. way that you could try to integrate that as? I know that marketing can be tough. So what I did for you guys is I put together a free summit with thirty of the top internet marketers in the world. Basically, what they're doing is they're sharing their story. If they lost everything, what would they do? So I put it in the description of this podcast. Also, if you go to it, it's www.burntfoamchallenge.com forward slash summit OFA. So go ahead and go and link to that. It's free. Enjoy the training and we'll see you on another episode of Burnt Phone Marketing.